This episode was sponsored by Critical Dice and the Endless Bag of Dice. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Compendium. I am your host, Casey. With me is my co-host, Jason Russell from The Critical Dice. We are bringing another class breakdown this week. This is actually going to finish out our PHB um, coverage of the martial classes. So the ones that at the beginning level don't start off with any casting magical abilities. And we're going to be talking about the barbarian. Yes, the barbarian, everyone's favorite stereotypical dumb character, but they don't have to be. I know. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually like one of the things I want to talk about is the fact that they're always portrayed as these like stupid low intelligence can only kind of sort of form whole sentences because I I love challenging the status quo. And I was like, is that just some weird stereotype that they get? Can they be something else? Or is that really from their build kind of what they end up being either way? No, I don't think so. I I think it's just a stereotype and mostly because of the concept of the dump stat. So, you know, typically you're always going to have one of your abilities be the lowest one, uh, whether you're doing a 46 drop the lowest method or standard array or point by it's, you can't really get around it. And the thing that barbarians just don't need a lot of is going to be their intelligence um, or possibly charisma. But then, so, I mean, that's the thing is that strength. Yes, obviously. They're going to need uh, probably some decks, constitution, absolutely, wisdom for perception, uh, charisma, even for intimidation roles, mm-hmm. but intelligence, there's not a lot that uses that. So it ends up being low. And just because they're a barbarian doesn't mean that they're barbarous, that they're uncultured, they just have a different culture. And so uh, I think, especially in the old days, that was kind of the the assumption is that they were truly barbarous, not just different. Right. And, and like, let's break down a little bit um, of the, the culture, the origins of the barbarian to get a better idea of where they grow up, the type of environment that they're raised. So that when people are interested in playing them, that they, they know what the options are beyond just like raised by wolves and you know learn to speak from these random like passerbys in the forest or or whatever the conception is um because while the player's handbook description does lend itself to that trope i also feel like there is some room in there to explore a little bit on on what that could look like kind of like you said yeah absolutely so uh typically the um barbarians they're going to be from just different cultures and i think it's important to note the word barbarian i believe has a uh latin root and kind of context uh because anyone who wasn't roman was considered a barbarian it was the just the binary culture of the time and it was a knock on the other languages so they thought other languages sounded like gibberish or people going bar 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 so they were barbarians, they're barbarians. And that really is helpful because 
what's going on with the barbarians is that typically they're seen as coming from um, different cultures, small tribes, uh, things of that nature. The player's handbook even says that that people from cities take pride in how civilized they are. Um, but a barbarian, though, civilization is not a virtue, but a sign of weakness, because it seems to be the main conceit is it doesn't take a village. It, it's all about the individual, that if you're strong enough to, and however that means, to survive in this cold and bleak world, then you're good enough. And to accept help or to rely on the help of others uh, is kind of a sign of weakness. And so I think that kind of ends up being uh, the default like difference in the way, in the worldviews of um, barbarians as presented in the player's handbook. Right. And they're not necessarily, like you said, there's no like clans of barbarians. They're, they could come from, there could be a barbarian that comes out of, I feel like it's a little bit like the feral child kind of thing where you hear yeah. about like the, the, you know, people living in the city and they always joke that they have a feral child because they run around without shoes on all the time and blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like that's in essence, kind of what this is going for, where it's not like to be a barbarian, you have to come from this remote clan of these people that live in the woods and all of them are barbarians. While that's possible, you know, a barbarian could come from a lot of different walks of life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it really uh, stems from any place or environment that's going to value individual strength over um, community or um, cooperative strength. Um, so whether that is, you know, the wild child who was literally raised by wolves, like, you know, Mowgli from yeah. Jungle Book, or from nomadic tribes or mountain tribes, things of this where uh, life is simpler because the world is harsher um, and there's not resources or the luxury of time for things like leisure and development of, you know, uh, the, the, what we would consider the nicer things of civilization. It's about, you know, eat or be eaten, survive or die. So right. any kind but of environment that could cause that. I will say though, one thing that I really took out of the PHB when I was reading over it is that it's not every man's for himself mentality. It's actually quite the opposite because it even mm -hmm. specifically says in there that a barbarian is the one that's the leader of the people or, or the person that steps up to the plate in times of war to protect the people. So it's yes. actually barbarians tend to be the, I think the most altruistic, potentially some of the most selfless because of the fact that they're not they're not worried about protecting kind of like belongings or status or earthly things. They want to protect the thing that they see as valuable, which is beings, right? Animals, yeah. people, like the, the essence of like the person, not necessarily their status or their house or their clothing yes. or their expensive shoes, like whatever that might be. They're the first ones to step up to the plate. Right. The things that can't be stolen burned or destroyed the things mm -hmm. that are in many ways and kind of poetically the things that are truly eternal or long-lasting those are the things they value and so it's not that they're like you said loners or every man for himself but um perhaps this concept of being of being strong enough for the sake of everyone else um, right. and so you can't do that if you rely on everyone else. Uh, so yeah, there's a there's a thin line there, but I think 
I think we're getting to it. Yeah. Um, I also think that when you're building a barbarian, one, one key thing to make sure you flesh out really well is the source of their anger or their rage, mm-hmm. because I mean, obviously rage is a mechanic of the barbarian, but talking about just the like state of being, of being enraged by something or being angry, that is integral to how the barbarian works. Like that's where they get what they use from. And you have to have some source of that, whether that's a really traumatic experience in your past or, or some really, really powerful motivator to become that upset to be able to enter that state of being. Yeah, exactly. Whether it is a, um, sometimes it's external and sometimes it's internal and sometimes it's large and sometimes it's small. If I had to draw a you graph. Sound like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> a barbarian's a barbarian, no matter how big. <laughs> would you could you rage on a train? Um, um, I would not eat the green eggs and ham. Um, okay, so but if I had to make it like a quadrant, I would be like, okay, so is it external or internal? Is it that the world around you is bleak and dark and and dangerous, or is it that there is something internal that has happened that causes this anger or rage, or not even exactly anger, but just strong unbridled emotion right Mm -hmm. and so on the internal it could be a personal loss or a personal trauma um, but internally in the big scope it could just be like no this is how the world is and all your like to your point all your fancy shoes and shiny carts can't change that but or it could be something external where it's like um you know these have been my experiences and this is how i see things or it's as it says in the player's handbook um uh, their rage springs from union with the fierce animal spirits, right? And so I, I think there's a lot of places for that to come from. And also to, uh, this, I don't think this is strictly speaking rules as written or as presented in the player's handbook, but I, I do like the idea of nuancing the rage to not just be anger, but to be, like I said before, unbridled emotion that derives the character or can drive the character to perhaps act brashly unchecked and with a little bit of blinders on. Right. Right. Well, I mean, to like combat or to like uh, counter your uh, Latin lesson, um, Uh like we do here. So like speaking physiologically in the brain, when you get really emotional, your amygdala clicks on and it, 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 it reacts with your limbic system, which basically turns you into fight or flight. It it Mm -hmm. shuts down your critical thinking skills. So you cannot, you physically are incapable of thinking logically when you are experiencing such strong emotions. And so it furthers that trope of the barbarian not being able to speak because if they're almost like the Hulk where they're like, I'm, I'm always angry, right? When they're always on the brink of that mode, their body is going to be in the fight or flight where it doesn't really matter if your shoe is tied, right? It matters if something's chasing you or what that loud noise was or, you know, some of those big details. Yeah, exactly. It, it becomes very much a, a, um, a hallway where all you can see is what's in front of you. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So the primary, um, ability score for barbarians is going to be strength. But what I find interesting is actually a number of their, their traits don't rely on strength. Most of them are either con or dex. No which I I find kind of fascinating. No, I I would even challenge that a little bit. I think their primary stat is constitution. 
Well, the player's handbook, the player's handbook presents it as being strength as being your number one, which I found very bizarre because yes, that's important, but based off of the features, Mm-hmm. that's not the one you're using the modifier for the majority of the time. No, it's not. Because here's the thing. Barbarians are tanks. And, you know, if you've played video games or D&D long enough, you've heard that term where they're supposed to be the frontline fighter that's going to just absorb the damage to allow other characters to um, live and to have their actions to do what they do best. And so you're the front wall against whatever you're facing. So they're going to tank all that damage. And a tank isn't, strictly speaking, about high damage output. I mean, paladins, rogues, and rangers are better than that than, than barbarians are even mechanically. So I would argue that their main stat is constitution because they are known for having crazy high health. It even helps with their AC. Um, just a ton of stuff, like you said, uses constitution. So I would probably reverse those constitutions first, and then strength is your next close second. And then probably dex would be your third. And then the other ones you could stack however you see is yeah, based off yeah. of your backstory or, or what yeah, you intend exactly. to do with the character. Yeah, based on the the subclass. Absolutely. So let's let's do a breakdown of the barbarian. Let's look at, you know, level one barbarian out the gate. What do they get? What do they start with? Now that we've given an overview of where people should look at building things, let's explain why that is. Yeah. <laughs> and what we've alluded to on, on the pages in the player's handbook. If you guys want to check this out, it's on page 47 of your player's handbook. Um, you can kind of re- uh, reference it in there as well. But yeah, level one, uh, they do get their hit dice, D12, one of the best hit dice that you can get out of any, or the best, yeah. I guess. It's it is one the of, best, yeah. They're the only ones classes? that get it. They are the only ones? Okay, I was just going to ask. As far as I'm aware, class. unless they change something, that it, they're, the, they're it. Fighters get a D10, Paladins get a D10, Barbarians, D12. D12, yeah. So again, they're a tank. Um, and then... Yeah, hit points, 12, 12 plus con modifier. So that constitution is already coming in. Right. So it's really easy to start out with, a, you know, with 15 hit points at level one. If you're a hill, a hill a dwarf, then, you know, 16 hit points. It's, it's a lot. Um, and then so they get proficiencies in light armor and medium armor, which a lot of times they just don't use, but also shields, which is really cool. Um, but again, sometimes they just don't use it. Um, and then they can use simple martial weapons since they are a martial class. Uh, no tools, which is a shame, uh, but the back uh, the background could probably fix that. And then they get a saving throw in strength and constitution. And then skills, animal handling, athletics, intimidation, uh, nature, perception, and survival, you can choose two. Yeah, and that that also might, you might weave that into when you're doing your other um, ability mm-hmm. scores, which one you pick is kind of, you might look at, the skills that you're going to choose and see which one's going to give you or make the most sense, I guess, with, with your character and how you're building them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, if you're starting at level one, just be kind of looking at the subclasses and say, okay, what kind of direction do I think I want to go? But if you're building a higher level character, um, then you can take that into account right away. Um, and then they either can get a, uh, a great axe or any other martial weapon. And again, great axe uh, is, one of the highest damage outputs in the game uh, as well, if I remember correctly, is what, 2d6? Um, looking it up right now. Uh, so a lot of people will pick that because, um, uh, no, it's 1d12, sorry. I'm thinking of uh, something else. So great 2d6 would probably be better, but. 
Yeah, it would. That's probably um, why they do the one D12. But there's another one. I, I know that there is. It's like a war axe or something. Um, but, uh, and a lot of people will pick that because it's, you know, D12s all the way down for the barbarians, but it's a two-handed weapon, which precludes you from being able to use a shield. And we'll talk in a minute why they probably don't use armor. So uh, you also get two hand axes, which are great, uh, or any simple weapon. The hand axes are great because um, they are a thrown weapon as well. Um, yeah, and like we said, your, your third, or what we suggest as your third highest ability is going to be dex, which is what you're going to need to throw a weapon. So you, in theory, you should already be a little bit more skilled at using dex weapons to begin with. So you can either use them handheld or thrown and be pretty good at it. Right, but here's the interesting thing is that the throne tag, like on the hand axes, um, that you can actually make that with um, the same ability score as what you'd use for melee. So you can use strength. Um, yeah. Just like with the dagger, you can do either one. So again, they're giving them a ranged weapon that can use that strength score. So there is something that uses the strength score. <laughs> There is, yeah. And javelins are the same way, and you can get an explorer's pack and uh, four javelins, which is nice. So um, also on uh, level one, you get kind of the two like biggest features that'll carry all the way through with the barbarian, which is rage. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel so, like everyone that watches Critical no Role knows rage. <laughs> yeah, I would like to rage. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and also, well. uh, thanks. Uh, going back to the whole dumb barbarian thing, Grog, as played by Travis Willingham on Critical Role, did not help that stereotype at all. Right. Because uh, he... he uh, but it was such a great character. <laughs> awesome character. Love watching Grog, uh, especially at the end there when they go back for his soul and he rolls like a bunch of nat 20s in a row. Uh, in a row. It's really great. Uh, so what Rage does basically is uh, on your turn, as a bonus action, you can enter a Rage. Um and you can only do it if you aren't wearing heavy armor, uh, which is good because they're not rated for uh, proficient in heavy armor. So that's good. Uh, you have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. Uh, and so like if you wanted to like jump or something, that's great. Uh, when you make a melee weapon using strength, so, you know, using a scimitar or something, that's not going to work. Rapier. Yep, exactly. Uh, you gain him. a bonus damage. Uh, to the role uh, that increases as you go up in level and it's in the chart there so it starts at a plus two and ends at a plus four uh, for that extra damage um, which is again why I say that they are meant to be tanks not damage dealers because plus two plus four okay it's, it's nothing to shout about but it, it can get really up there um, and then also you, this is the big one, you have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Which is going to be the majority of damage. I mean, unless you're fighting a caster, which mm -hmm. I feel like at level one, most of the time you're going to be up against the goblins or the bugbears or the yeah. ones that are just going to try to stab you. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't say, uh, yeah, early on, especially that's really important. And it doesn't say non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, slashing. It just says all bludgeoning, piercing, slashing, done. That's it. So that's pretty impressive. And so basically that means any damage they, they take from those three sources is going to get cut in half, uh, rounded down. And they already have so many hit points that they are almost impossible to kill just straight toe to toe. It's right. uh, pretty incredible, but there's some downsides. Uh, you can't cast spells 
or concentrate on them if you're able to while you're raging. So. Right. Unlike a wild uh, shape with the druid, they can't cast in wild shape, but they can concentrate. So that's a distinction there. The range lasts for a minute, but it ends early if you're unconscious or if uh, your turn ends and you haven't attacked anyone since your last turn or you haven't taken damage since then. So if you just rage and just kind of stand there, it goes away in one turn. So there's some things that have to happen um, to uh, kind of maintain it. You can also voluntarily end it also as a bonus action. You can just so. like sit down and do some meditation. and. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and not like think about your ex, Deborah, anymore. Yeah. Um, sorry if your name's Deborah. Um, and then the other cool thing is unarmored defense, um, very similar to the monk's unarmored defense. Uh, while you're not wearing any armor, your armor class is 10 plus dex plus con uh, modifiers. So uh, that's where the dexterity comes into play. Dexterity is always important for just about every build. And you also can use a shield and still gain this benefit, uh, unlike the monk. So that's kind of great. So not only do you have a uh, probably fairly decent AC, uh, it'd be really easy to have a, like what, uh, 15 plus a shield, so 17 at first level. Which is um, extremely good, yeah. Yeah, and uh, to have, what, what did we say, 15 hit points and rage? Like, yeah, you're doing your job. Whereas most casters are like, an AC of six and <laughs> four hit point. No, it's not that bad, but it it's feels like it when you're a level yeah. one caster. It really um, does, yeah. The other thing too that I don't think we mentioned about rage is that it is limited use per your, mm -hmm. your level. So you can't just decide to rage out at however often that you want. It's, it's, well, I actually think this is funny. It's in the chart in the player's handbook. It starts with, um, two rages per long rest. So after you do, you rage twice, you have to take a long rest before you can do it again. It continues to increase as you go down the line, capping out almost at six. But this is the part that I think is hilarious is that at level 19, you can do six rages before a long rest. And then level 20, the magical level 20, it goes to unlimited. So it goes from yes. six to unlimited. <laughs> I don't think I've yes. seen anything else do that before. It's ridiculous. Um, there's some things that are kind of like that but not really like monks can just like if they start a fight without any key points they get some key points so that's kind of unlimited but this is really truly ridiculous yeah it just um, says unlimited mm -hmm. the capstone feature which is like the 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 ultimate you know feature for barbarians is at level 20 unlike some other classes where it's like at 14 or 17 or something um and it's a doozy we'll get to that in a second but it's it's a doozy Right. So that, I mean, this is actually a lot different than most of the classes we've gone through um, because it's very limited on the upfront. Now it's very powerful, mm -hmm. but it's limited. It's like, you've got one and you've got two and that's it. Whereas yes. a lot of the classes we've looked at just keep layering them on at level one right out the gate. Um, and so this one is a little bit more straightforward in that regard, which makes a lot of sense because again, it's just smash and bash. Yeah. yeah. The, the two things they get are very powerful and then they slowly start to ramp up as they go uh but like even at level two they have danger sense which is cool but it's not going to break the game or anything uh you can kind of sense when things aren't like they should be uh so you have advantage on deck saving throws against effects that you can see that you can see like traps and spells and dragon's breath um and you can't be blinded deafened or incapacitated for that to work and that's all they get it too mm -hmm. but um, and, yeah again that's still like 
that can be very that can that can really be difficult for a dm because you'll be like suddenly Mm -hmm. roll for you know roll a dexterity it's like is this something i can see and you're like yes (laughs) yes it is uh i misspoke there is one other thing reckless attack um basically what you can do is when you make your first attack on your turn which is important because later on they get multi-attack or extra attack rather um you can decide to attack recklessly it gives you advantage on the melee weapon attack using strength very specifically during this turn but attack rolls against you have advantage until your next turn so you can do it the first attack but it grants that same advantage to your foe now hopefully they're not still you know alive uh by the end of your turn but you know stranger things have happened yeah kind of like your your hail mary or the Mm -hmm. but it's actually a really great feature because as the role is a tank what it's doing is kind of goading your foe to keep focusing on you because they have advantage as opposed to your squishy friends Mm-hmm. so there's actually a lot of like rhyming reason to this and there's a good reason to do it other than just the advantage right so that's level two you do get another perk at level three level three you do only get one which is the primal path right that's the subclass which we'll get into those here in a second so um and then they get uh asi's ability score improvements at fourth eighth twelfth sixteen and nineteen because again they're assuming you're going to want to beef up your strength or your not that you couldn't take feats but it makes sense mm-hmm. that they're getting so many ability score improvements because the chances are good that you want to beef up your con or you want to beef up your strength to keep hitting harder and hitting faster right yeah basically every four levels are going to get something uh which is pretty common for a martial class that's yeah great um and um then at fifth level extra attack so instead of uh when you attack uh you can attack twice um which again I always say this, but when you take the attack action, you may attack twice now. You do not get two actions. So if you attack once, you can't go, well, can I do this with my other action? You don't have another action. You chose your action, and there's two attacks hidden inside of it. So can you define the difference between an extra attack and multi-attack? Monsters have multi-attack. PCs have extra attack. Okay, they're the same thing mechanically. It's just they're called different things if you're the bad guy or the good guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And sometimes multi-attack will have um, multiple different kinds of attacks that they can do with their action, Um, like attack twice with the claws, once with a bite and a tail, right? Mm -hmm. Or like high-level dragons can use fear, slash twice and bite twice. You know, so um, it's a bit more um, diverse, typically for multi-attack, but extra attack is more or less the same thing. Right. Okay. That clears that up. Um, and then also at fifth level, you get your fast movement. So your right. speed increases, which if you, if you follow along with that whole, like you respect and like hold in awe animals in nature, especially ones that feel like they're cornered or other things, like they get very fast when they're mm-hmm. in that sort of environment. So it makes sense following that mindset. Right. Yeah. So extra 10 feet while they aren't wearing heavy armor. And I love like this a little nod to like adrenaline, maybe I kind of like that. Um, and then seventh level, uh, feral instinct, uh, you have advantage on initiative roles again, because you want to go first because you want to be up there in combat and protect your friends. Um, and if you're surprised, if they have the surprise condition and you're not incapacitated, uh, you aren't surprised, um, but only if you enter your rage before doing anything else. 
So okay. basically, if, if someone gets the drop on you, um, that first round of combat, you have the surprise condition, which means you basically can't do anything. But a seventh level barbarian can, provided the first thing they do is rage. And then now they're fast enough to, you know, kind of move, even though normally everyone else would be like, wait, what's going on? And they've already like destroyed the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then brutal critical, which again, this is where they start to be a bit more damage dealers, level nine. Um, you can roll additional weapon damage when determining the extra damage for a critical hit with a melee attack. And that increases to two additional at 13th level and three additional at 17th level. Um, yeah. And I mean, you were already using heavy hitting dice mm-hmm. for our weapons to begin with. So, right. So if you're using that, you know, that uh, great axe, it's now 2d12 and a critical rules as written lets you double the dice. So that's so four. four D12. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't fall into the category of like um your bonuses because it's just right. your your weapon is more powerful in and of itself mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And then you can add that plus like three or four to the rage plus your strength. And yeah, it's ridiculous. And then there's people who will add things like um bugbears and half orcs that also can do that to where it's like. 10d12 you're like what Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous um and then at level uh, 11 uh relentless rage you can keep fighting even though you probably should be dead Uh, if you drop to zero hit points while you're raging and you don't die outright which means you know yeah yeah double your max or you know disintegration or something um that kind of bypasses zero you make a dc 10 constitution saving throw Uh aha constitution if you succeed you go to one hit point instead. Now, every time you do this, though, um, it the DC increases by five, and then oh, after a, that, mm-hmm. that's that's a lot. It does. So it's ten, then fifteen, then twenty, then twenty-five. Um, so that's part of why they're so hard to kill. You know, if you do somehow whittle down all that resistance and hip, HP, then they're still up. Yeah. And that's a and natural feature of And they've protected the cleric mm-hmm. who has all of the healing spells that can come over and heal them and, you know, use their action in mid-battle to just keep them going. So, right. Now, the interesting thing is, is that feature doesn't reset when the battle's over. It resets after a long rest. Mm-hmm. So that's like an all-day thing. So if you almost died in the first, second, and third battles, and now you're on the fourth, you might die in this one. You might finally drop. Um, but <laughs> this might be the still. one. <laughs> Uh, okay yeah relentless rage i love reading through this this list feral brutal relentless persistent like (laughs) it's just very indomitable yes indomitable i didn't quite get to that one they they have they have very uh singular tracks but they're very good at those tracks Mm -hmm. um brutal critical we talked about already persistent rage at level 15 uh, it's so fierce that it only ends early if you fall unconscious or you choose to end it. So that means it gets rid of the whole, if you didn't attack or didn't take damage, it ends. You can just stay angry. Until you decide not to be. Until you choose not to be, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indomitable Might um, is at level 18. If your total for a strength check is less than your strength score, so 18, 20, you can use that score instead. You don't even have to, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, 
their minimum for a strength check, so like jumping, wrestling, grappling, grappling, oh my gosh, um, is just whatever their strength score is as, as a floor. And then it goes higher than that. So, so how would you run that as a DM? Um, because a lot of times as DMs, we don't say what they have to meet. We just ask them to roll. But mm-hmm. how, I mean, obviously ideal world, you would just remember that they have this feature and be like, oh, you can just do it. But in real world, you've got a lot of players and you've got the story in your head. So you can't always remember what people's scores are to influence yeah, that. Everything would you all just the say, time, yeah. roll for it and hope that the player is like, oh, would yes. an 18 hit? Or would an 18 pass? Right. And so, then if you say no, then they roll their dice. Is that kind of how you'd run that? Uh, no, I would say that features on your character sheet are your responsibility. Um, and so I would have them roll. And if they roll poorly and got a one or a two or something, and it was like a total of a 15, then they'd be like, okay, because this is 18th level, right? Then you're like, all right, so yeah, 15 not going to do it. They're like, uh, Donald might. Actually, it's a 20. I'm like, oh, okay, good. So, but they forget, they forget. And, you know, it's, it's story-wise, like them tapping into that kind of like always there, ready at the, the waiting adrenaline that they can kind of like push into a little bit without having to rage. So, right. yeah, I, I would just leave it up to the, um, to the player. And also just saying you ought to succeed is never a lot of fun in my, in my mind. So that's kind of how I would do it. Okay. I mean, it could be fun, but I think it would be limited. Cause like, it'd be fun to be like mm-hmm. everybody except you roll to see if you're strong enough to climb this rope. Oh yeah. Something like, like that <laughs> for sure. Now if they're like grappling a dire bear, they're going to roll. Cause that's more fun. But if they're just like climbing a rope and eh, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> okay. And then at that point, one... the monk can just run up the wall, the right. lizard levitate. That's true. <laughs> and then the barbarian just uses his pinkies to climb the rope is fine. Um, right. And then level 20 this is for all the marbles at level 20 primal champion your strength and constitution scores increase by four your maximum for these scores is now 24. well holy like wow so that's a plus seven to your hp plus all previous levels (laughs) that's ridiculous that's so crazy. Yeah. And I like how that too, like, you know, like monk, I can't remember what specifically the monk one is, but it's basically just like, you're immortal, essentially. Yeah. You're not. You, but like, yeah, there's you these no things, longer age, you have proficiency in yeah, all. You don't have to eat or drink or there's mm-hmm. these things. And then with this one, it's like, here, here's more ability score increases, <laughs> which if that shows you how important the, the ASIs are for this character. Yeah. Like it anyways. truly is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be all of the uh, abilities that barbarians, every, I should say every barbarian will get levels one through 20. Um, and then there are some extra stuff you get in there too, with your primal paths. You're looking but at me wait, like I'm wrong. There's more. What? Tasha, okay. What book are you in now? Tasha's, Tasha's Sword Coast changed. Adventurer's Guide. <laughs> we'll get to Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide in a second. No. Tasha's. Tasha's added uh, optional things to every class, basically, especially the ranger. We'll talk about that next time. But basically, uh, you can opt into these uh, at third level. And again, at 10th level, you gain proficiency in one skill of your choice uh, from the barbarian list. Uh, uh, Instinctive pounce, seventh level. As part of the bonus action you take to enter your rage, you can also move up to half your speed. 
So like the Hulk just like, Rah! you know, and then primal knowledge, 10th level uh, at third level and 10th level. Uh, oh, same thing as before. Okay. Yeah. So you get the extra proficiency. That's it. That's all. Just two things. Do you even get extra bumps? Every barbarian gets yeah. extra bumps. Yeah. Yeah. Every so no matter, no matter what your primal path is, which is what we'll get into in just a second, um, all of those things will be yours for the taking as you level up and don't die in your campaign as a barbarian. Yes. Right. So let's look at now, let's go into the primal paths, which is another um, subclass for the barbarian class, essentially giving you some different nuance to your yeah. character. And within that, um, niching into some extra abilities that you might be able to have as you follow this particular path that you've chosen. Right. And I'll just kind of do like a quick uh, once over to them all and not go into all the things. But the first one is Ancestral Guardian, uh, which is really cool because the vibe there is that it's, it's that kind of honoring the ancestors and there is a kind of uh, clericky, divine, spiritual energy going on um, where it's um, when they fight and go into a rage like spectral warriors show up of their ancestors, fighters who have come before. It's very Korra, the last, Korra uh, uh, avatar, right? Um, and uh, for that, and it gives you some more stuff. Spirit shield, where basically you can give protection to the people around you. Um, it's a little bit like cunning words in essence. It where is. Where you can use spirit shield to, to cut down on the damage that might other buys be dealt to somebody in your party again solidifying the whole tank archetype uh here it's kind of like a uh, paladin's aura mixed with cutting words mm -hmm. which is kind of fun um and then consult the spirits basically you can talk to your great grandpappy and you can cast augury uh, or clairvoyance uh without having spell slots or components you can just ask the spirits and they'll tell you uh which is kind of neat and then uh vengeful ancestors um you uh, that kind of aura we talked about before not only reduces damage it also does damage uh, so that's fun um, then we have path of the battle rager which comes from sword coast adventures guide um, and it's for dwarves only but i mean you could change that it's fine um, I, I think the spell singer uh, from uh, the wizard subclass used to be elves only and they change it so it's fine um, basically they get this really cool armor called spiked armor uh, that uh, can like do damage as well as shield you. Uh, it's like, um, yeah, it's just like an inverted Iron Maiden, basically. The, yeah, I was in, well, you keep going. The first thing I thought of when you said spiked armor is I was like mosh pits. And, <laughs> and then you said Iron Maiden. And I was like, you just keep going with this. <laughs> yep, we hit it. Yeah. So he wears like a, you know, old Mega Death t shirt. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, it's Jack Black. Uh, uh -huh. they also get extra temporary hit points like they needed more um they can take um the dash action as a bonus action uh at 10th level and uh they can do more damage stuff with their armor so it's pretty much a one-trick pony with that armor uh, which is really interesting i haven't seen a lot of battle rangers before uh but there you go then we have path of the beast um where basically um, as you rage, you take on physically take on aspects of various um, animals and um, you can choose each time what aspect you're taking on like a bite or claws or a tail, which is kind of neat. Um, 
that lets so do you, you kind like of... morph into mm -hmm. that or do you just like somehow magically do this type of damage so does it look like you're a wear creature almost yes to somebody fact, that's they, looking they, on okay they mentioned that one of the reasons you may pick this is if maybe a um an ancestor or your father or mother or something was like a uh, lycanthrope was a werebear or a werewolf or something oh werebear so, i just want to cuddle werebears i don't know why but the name oh, I'm like, oh werebear yeah and they're good aligned so that's great um <laughs> so um so each one has its own kind of like advantage they do you know d8 d6 damage and then they let you do like either an extra hit or you can knock someone over that kind of stuff uh level six um uh basically you can do um you can choose one of the features uh, every day where you can be better at climbing or jumping or swimming. Um, the, the swimming one's amazing because you get a swim speed and you can breathe underwater <laughs> because you just feel like it now. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, they have infectious fury where they can uh, basically like hex someone because you bit them and now they're like infected is the idea. Um, and uh, yeah, and they actually take psychic damage, which is crazy. Uh, and then <laughs> what is going on with that? Yeah, I'm I know. Gonna bite you, and then you're going to take psychic damage from the fact that I bit you. <laughs> if someone bit me, I would also take psychic <laughs> damage. What? What's up, dude? I'm like I'm like a Costco in line, and lines all along, and the guy behind me is just like ah. Yeah, I would lose my mind. Um, so yeah, so uh, look at that one. Also with the shifters from Eberron as a race, uh, it's pretty amazing. Yes. Um, uh, Path of the Berserker. Uh, this one is the one that is in the free rules, I, if I believe. Basically, it's like Rage Plus. Um, you can do an extra attack at third level, um, but you uh, suffer exhaustion at the end of it. Uh, your rage protects you from charm and frighten effects. Um, you can uh, basically menace people from a distance, which is kind of cool. Um, as like almost like a magical effect. And then uh, their last one, retaliation, is when you take creature from uh, damage from a creature that next to you, you can uh, immediately use your reaction to do an opportunity attack, which is kind of fun. Oh, yeah, that one's pretty like nice. Like they poke you, you poke right back, uh, which is crazy because, you know, that's not super common and it's usually a limited resource. Mm -hmm. um, then there's Storm Herald, which is kind of cool. Um, they are kind of in tune with um, weather specifically component of nature. Um, and they have an aura kind of like a paladin does. And uh, basically um, you can turn it on and off when you rage. And uh, depending on the biome you pick like desert, sea, tundra, it does different things, stuff like temporary hit points, uh, lightning damage, uh, fire damage, that kind of stuff. And that increases as you go up in level. Um, and uh, yeah, which is kind of neat. Uh, that one's kind of fun to like match with like a druid or something uh, as mm -hmm. well. So. Or Genasi. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, and then Path of the Totem Warrior, um, where basically it's um, almost like, um, what's that DC character from the Justice League um, who has like an animal totem that lets her like take on aspects of different animals and things. I forget her name now. Um, uh, watch her name be Totem or something. Um, <laughs> stupid comics um basically you pick your totem and when you rage it gives you extra stuff everything from you know uh extra movement um 
you know, opportunity attacks are harder to hit, but the one everyone always loves is the bear totem because when you're raging, you have resistance to all damage, not just bludgeoning, piercing, slashing, except psychic. Um, and that makes you the ultimate tank. Um, Which includes, I mean, again, it doesn't specify that it's not non-magical. Correct. It's just all. All it's, it's damage no, except for psychic. It literally says all damage except psychic damage. Fire, acid, poison, embarrassment, all of it. Um, and that kind of like goes up with you as you go. Uh, you can cast commune with nature as a ritual. Um, and some other cool things unlock as you go up uh, that let you be a better tank in battle. Uh, Path of the Zealot um, is next to the last. Um, and basically they are kind of like barbarian paladins kind of thing. Um, they believe in God, whatever God that is, or some divine higher power. And they're able to fuel that uh, rage into things like well, like smites. Um, Divine Fury at third level lets you basically smite, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, and uh, you're easier to bring back from the dead because you're, you know, we're chosen by the gods to always be alive and keep fighting. Um, you can buff other people with your like righteous fury. Uh, Zealous Presence is called Enrage Beyond Death at level 14. The divine power that fuels a rage allows you to shrug off fatal blows. Um, if you're raging and you have zero hit points, it doesn't knock you unconscious. You still have to make death saving throws and you suffer normal effects of taking damage while at zero hit points. However, should you die uh, due to failing death saves, uh, you don't die until your rage ends and then you only die if you still have zero hit points. So if you stack that on top of the other thing, the uh, relentless endurance, it really does become impossible to kill this guy. Yeah, it sounds like the barbarian ASMR. Yeah. Yeah, kind of with like yeah, you have absolutely. like this divine purpose it's just for you mm -hmm. it's fighting <laughs> yeah yeah what if the gods know something terrible is coming and you're the chosen weapon to stop it imagine doing an asmr that is a barbarian mm -hmm. class that would be a really interesting pairing it would, it would marry very right. very well because they have a kind of a divine fury thing themselves as well they'll also do extra damage either necrotic or uh, radiant which would go on top of the rage and strength damage and everything else. So yeah, that's a great pairing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the most interesting one, wild magic. Um, basically they've got something in their past that is like, uh, you know, attached to the Feywild or dragons or something. And a wizard um, did it. Oh, wizard did it. Yes, exactly. Uh, find the t-shirt on the critical dice.com. Okay. Um, when the rage. Uh, Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I literally do have a shirt that says a wizard. Oh, I believe you. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, uh, when you enter rage, you have to roll on the wild magic uh, table, uh, just like a wild magic sorcerer, and just crazy stuff happens. Um, that sounds also, like a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Um, even if you multi-class, could you imagine? <laughs> to wild magic sorcerer and barbarian. Um, it also lets you... Uh, later on kind of like just sense magic uh which is kind of wild um and uh, as that levels up it lets you to, to kind of take a little bit more control but not a lot over that wild magic uh controlled surge whenever you roll on that table you can roll the dice twice and choose which of the two effects to unleash so um, at least you get a little form of uh yeah, say you basically what get a, yeah you get advantage on that roll and that is the barbarian
Right. I mean, I, I, I've kind of wanted to play a barbarian. I don't typically lend towards like the super heavy melee classes like that, but I think a half orc barbarian just sounds like a lot of fun. And then as we were talking, the, the ASMR barbarian is a combo I never would have put together. But yeah. yet sounds like a fabulous choice if hey, you built it right. If you get kicked out of the celestial realms, it makes a guy mad. You know, that could be <laughs> that could be the source of where your big yeah. feelings are coming from. Big feelings. Yeah, that's what I tell my four-year-old. Like, I know you have big feelings right now. <laughs> yeah. You have feelings that are bigger than you are. And yes. you need to go have a snack or something. Right. I mean, so basically, I mean, almost. I think there's very few races that would seem like an odd match for a barbarian. If you really kind of got into the nitty gritty. No, I want to see a gnome. I'm thinking more like, Oh, me too. Uh, Oh yeah. Would be the one that is like the first one on mine. I'm like, that just doesn't seem like it would go well together. Not that you can build it, but yeah. Cause even like the stated kind of like typical backgrounds are very much at odds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause one's about refinement, patience, you know, waiting. Half and elf, the that one makes not. a lot of sense because like of the whole one. fact that you like don't see the other half of your family like that, you know, living in recluse from who you're supposed to be. I don't know, whatever, but full elf, that would be, it would be, you'd have to really work that backstory. Yeah. I love it. That'd be awesome. Well, uh, there you have it with the last actually of the PHB um, martial classes. Those are all of the ones, if you don't really want to play a caster or are just starting Marshall is a great, I mean, as we saw, especially with barbarian, you start out with very few things you have to keep track of, which makes it a very, very easy class to, to, to ease into, especially if you're new to the game, or if you want something easier to play for like a more low key D and D session where you can enjoy it, but not have to like prepare so much or stress out about having everything in order every week, something like a barbarian would be a great choice. Yeah, absolutely would. And as long as we're on the subject, um, I would say one of the um, one of the, one of the pairings I enjoy most with barbarians that aren't like some of the obvious like half orc dragonborn is really great because especially now that they can switch out one of their attacks to do a breath weapon and the breath weapon saving throw is constitution based. Mm. So the fury of dragon blood in your veins. Oh yeah. I played that character. That'd be rad. If you don't have enough dice to make it through your game after every single set gets put in dice jail, make sure you check out the critical dice and their endless bag of dice. You can get a new set of dice delivered to your doorstep every single month for as low as seven bucks a month. Compendium listeners can actually also get a special offer by using the code Compendium, C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, for 50% off of your first month of dice. Just go to thecriticaldice.com and use that code at checkout. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would really help us out if you would take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. The Compendium is also on Patreon. So if you like listening, that is a great way to help contribute to the content that we create. New episodes are available every Tuesday and Friday or Monday and Thursday if you're a patron. And you can always keep up with us between episodes by following us on social media. Just look up the compendium, that's C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. 
Jason also shares a bunch of great content and plot hooks on his page, The Critical Dice, so make sure that you check him out and follow him as well. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.